And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Greenlight Reviews. We're going to talk about an interesting movie today. It's called Contagion. My name is Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. Contagion is directed by Steven Soderbergh, and it stars an awful lot of people, most of whom have won Oscars already. Mm-hmm. Gwyneth Paltrow, Matt Damon, Kate Winslet, Jude Law, Lawrence Fishburne, Marion Cotillard, Jennifer Ely, Elliot Gould, a lot of other people come and go very, very quickly. Mm-hmm. This is about a disease, a plague almost, that begins with killing an unfaithful housewife in the first few minutes of the film. Mm-hmm. And it goes on for a little more than two hours, winding up killing more than two and a half million people. Most of the stars, by the way, go bye-bye. Oh, Yo, you never saw so many big stars die. <laughs> we don't quite understand exactly what the disease is, but after about half an hour, Anne, I figured out what the disease is. Mm. It's sleeping sickness. <laughs> That's very funny. This is the dullest film I've ever seen. It's so boring, and unfortunately, the intent of the movie is good. I mean, it's an interesting premise. Oh, sure. As movies go, you know, several stories being told at the same time, and how one person can have a germ and pass that germ on to many more people who then become carriers and then how that plague or virus multiplies and starts to wipe out the population. This is the kind of movie that Howie Mandel probably wouldn't want to see. <laughs> That's right. I mean, he is such a germaphobe. And by the way, I mean, if you're watching it, you know, you will probably want to run to the washroom while you're watching the movie because you'll be so frightened by the message that this movie is telling you, which is that germs are everywhere and you can't touch a doorknob or reach for a bowl of peanuts at a bar without perhaps infecting yourself or passing along this invisible germ to somebody else. Well, you're right. I hate touching doorknobs now. It could make you crazy. And, you know, if they had done this film properly, if they had done it well, if they had written it a little bit better, this could have turned into another Jaws. Remember when Jaws Mm -hmm. came out in Mm -hmm. 1975? Mm -hmm. People didn't go into the ocean swimming for years after that. Okay. Well, here's the problem for me. The producers and the writers didn't spend enough time developing the characters. They really spent too much time developing the virus story. Yes. And as As a result, I knew more about this dreaded virus. I think they call it MET1. And I don't know enough about all the characters that are either lab scientists trying to find the cure or people who are being at the forefront trying to beat the disease down through injections and so on and so forth. Now, you have lots of big name stars, as you mentioned. Some of them get a break in this movie, namely Marion Cotillard, who plays a world health physician. And early on, she gets kidnapped by by a group of people in China, and she's held hostage until the right antidote comes along to cure the virus. Right. So she's not on screen for most of the movie, so that's why I'm saying she got a break. The rest of the performers really had to struggle with some very, I'm going to call it B-minus material. I just thought this was a deadly dull movie about something that shouldn't have been so dull. You're absolutely right, Anna. First of all, I started caring about Matt Damon, who at the beginning of the film, his wife dies and he doesn't know why. Well, half the family is wiped out. He's the only person who's immune. Exactly. How did that happen? Right. And he's such a good actor and he was so intense and he was so shattered. And I thought, oh, okay, I really want to know how this guy is going to cope with this double-barreled loss of his. But then we don't see him for many, 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 many minutes. 
Arts. And <laughs> now we're looking at Kate Winslet, who we can barely recognize, who is also a scientist. Jude Law has, I think, the most interesting I role agree. in the film. He is a journalist. Well, he's a blogger. A blogger, exactly. He's kind of a maverick guy. He really doesn't have a legitimate network job. He's really on the sly, and he's creating lots of nasty rumors and also creating havoc in the streets, I might add. Of course. He's also saddled with something else, a snaggletooth that they've attached to his veneers or something. I guess that was designed to make him look more villainous. I guess so. I thought it was creepy. Well, it was creepy. You know, he's a very good-looking actor, and I thought, what did they do to him and why? And Is that going to pay off? Well, it didn't pay off. Nothing pays off, and I wound up not caring about any of them. Here's what I felt was missing, really a significant element that is just nowhere to be found in the movie Contagion, and that's the word energy. You know, the movie, like Traffic and all of those other pictures, there was a rush going on. There was like a pacing that was underneath it all, and those movies kept you on the edge of your seat. This picture put you on the back of the seat. You were so tired, and by the way, the digital camera work and all of that kind of stuff that Soderbergh uses is not to the advantage of this film. Not at all. There's a sterile quality to this film. It is cold. I didn't like the way the movie was shot particularly. I thought the camera work was plodding and mediocre at best. The other thing that just drove me crazy, less, the movie starts out day one, day two, day four, day ten, and you're watching how the virus is affecting different parts of the world and sure. so on. Then it jumps to day 153, and then it goes <laughs> to day 257. Well, by that time, I'm checking my watch to see how many more minutes I have that I have to put myself through this viral movie. And I kept thinking, this has got to end pretty soon. It seemed to me that it was like day 4,000 by the time this movie was over with. It felt that way. It felt that way. And there were so many things that they didn't pay off. For instance, Lawrence Fishburne also plays a doctor. He's with the government, of course. And he knows that this disease is spreading all over Chicago. So he calls his girlfriend and he says, get out of town, mm -hmm. drive to Atlanta. You're going to be safe there. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know why he thought well, because the CDC is there. That's the true. Center for Disease Control. That's true. And he said, don't tell anybody. Just get in the car and go. And of course, the next thing you see is she's calling her friend and saying, guess what? I'm going out of town. I'm going to Atlanta to the okay. CDC. Exactly. Now, I thought, oh boy, that's terrible. What's going to happen? Nothing happened. It was not paid off. Obviously, she survives, but we don't know why. We don't know what happened to the people that she also talked to. She isn't the one that kicks off the panic in the streets. It's the Jude Law character. And then it becomes that movie where we've seen this over and over again. People yes. get scared, so what do they do? They loot their nearest grocery store. They take all the drugs out of the drugstores. They're looting. They're burning. They're going crazy. We've seen that over and over and over again in so many films, and Contagion just exposes it one more time, but doesn't do it in any way that is fresh or original or, I might add, desperate. I think that in doing a film like this, where we see people who are normally very nice people, who are terrified and desperate, and they start looting, and they start hurting other people, and, you know, people get an antidote, and they're knocked down and robbed of somebody who wants it more than they do. Right. I think that this film would have worked had they taken some sort of a moral stance, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they're just 
showing it to us. Look, I'm not going to red light this movie, and I'll tell you why, Les, because I reserve my red lights for the truly rancid films that are out there. And I'm talking, you know, films that really exploit women and are snuff films or whatever. I can't give this a red light, but I will give this a very strong yellow light, and I mean strong in that I suggest you proceed with great caution should you think that you might want to rent this film. Well, there was absolutely nothing about this film that I liked, and for that reason, I'm giving this film a red light. Okay. So, a yellow light and a red light for Contagion. We'll be back very, very shortly to review another film. We are probably going to wash our hands many, many times before we go to the theater again. (laughs) But until that time, my name's Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that you're not scared enough to stay away the next time you want to go to the movies. Hi, this is comedian and writer, and let's be honest, I do a lot of things. This is Dean Archipotus, the host of Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Yes, we drink and talk about whiskey, but we do so much more with so many interesting people. For example, we talk to comedians like Greg Warren. You know, I don't want to brag, but let's just say I can walk into a Red Lobster and get whatever. You know, I think the pause right there is probably more important than the word. Amazing athletes like boxing champion Buster Douglas. When a fighter's down and he's looking for his mouthpiece instead of trying to get up. That's when I knew it was over. Yeah, Yeah. right? And, yes, Bigfoot chasers. Do you believe in Bigfoot? And if so, does he really eat beef jerky? (laughs) The Bigfoot thing is people have seen these, and and I've seen a lot of compelling evidence about it. It's Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Join us for what we call a good conversation with a good pour. You really can't ask for much more than that, can you, people? Check us out at whiskeybusinesspod.com, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network.